Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very, very special episode of 28 Days Ladier. I am your host, Sophie, joined as always by my kooky co host, Hannah. Hello. So kooky is uh, what you went with. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. Kooky is not what I was going to pick. I've like, I try and sometimes forget to like find a fun word to describe Hannah with at the top of the show. So I was like, let me find a synonym for kooky. And when I searched synonyms for kooky, here are some of the words that came up, Hannah, that don't make a lot of sense to me. So you'll be glad I picked kooky. Crackers, nut-like, roughened, round the bend, Cockamamie, zesty, soft, <laughs> alligator. That would have been on point. Uh, let's see. Oh, chapped. Uh, chapped. <laughs> Round balmy, the bend. Balmy, loopy, or wacky. So I feel like I picked a, I picked a pretty good word. Good all gracious. Things all things considered. Um, but anyway, I know I I sometimes say at the top that it's a very special episode, but. Perhaps no episode that we have recorded thus far has been quite as special as this week's episode of 28 Days Later, where Hannah and I will be joined by our brother, Ryan. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Glad to be here. <laughs> Hi, Most everybody. <laughs> Does it feel weird to be on a show where we've definitely talked about weird stuff you said as a teenager and... A hundred percent. Every time I hear a story, I'm like, I feel like maybe one day I'll get to defend myself. <laughs> today is that day. Well, I hope you have a list uh, so that you can sort of like defend. defend Just un- unrolls a scroll of yeah. like all the things that he's marked down. I inceptioned you all. This was my idea the whole time to get on the show. <laughs> oh, shit. How did he do this? How did he do this? Um <laughs> Well, Hannah, how have you been since we last recorded? Um, well, I spoke to our mother yesterday about this. Guest of the pod, friend friend of the pod, <laughs> our mom. <laughs> um, where I was like, hey, mom, so I don't know if this is something that you ever dealt with with us. Um, although famously, at least within our family circle, we know that mommy did not do this for me when I asked questions. Um <laughs> But I was like, what should I do now that the four-year-old I nanny is constantly asking me about death? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, like, his questions are uh, pretty intense. Like, yesterday, uh, or two days ago, he asked me, he said, when you die, where do you go? Wow. And I was like, well, and here's the thing. Like, I might have my answers for how I would answer the question to my child, but, like, mm-hmm. it's not my child. So I also have to make sure that however I answer the question is, like, kind of vague and not putting any ideas in his head. So I was kind of struggling to answer. And he said, you go in the ground, right? And I was like, uh, yeah, sometimes. And then he said, when you die and they put you in the ground, can the people who love you come get you out when they want you? And I was oh. like, oh, my God. Oh, man. And then he was like, are you going to die? And I was like, ah. So um, he's, like, really on this uh, track right now where, like, mm-hmm. 
every coin, every dollar. He's like, is this person dead? How did they die? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And I was like, hey, mom, do you have any advice on, like, good ways to deal with that? And then I was like, wait a minute. Why am I asking our mother? Because, like, I don't know if you guys remember, but when we were all having, like, brunch together, um, I think this was, like, a couple summers ago, maybe, and... Mom casually mentioned how sometimes as a parent, you just don't know what to say. And she was like, you know, like when Hannah saw Nan die, I knew I should talk to her about it, but I was just didn't know what to say. So I just never did. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, wait, why am I asking you? Like, you, I was like, mom, you, you're the wrong person to ask when you like, were like truthfully just like, I didn't know what to say. So I didn't say anything and I just let it fly. <laughs> yeah, well, I that's... think you should just take a. I think you should just take a hint from mom and just start reading him the obituaries before. Bed. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, did you hear this guy died? <laughs> yeah, great shout out him. for our mom when she listens to this episode. Like, our mom does that classic <laughs> mom thing where she like only tells you the saddest, scariest stuff that happened in the news, and she like, reads the obituaries to see if anyone she knew died. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but so, I mean, you know this first part. So I live in Kansas City now. I've lived here for almost three years. And why don't you give out your exact address? (laughs) Mom texted me earlier, I think maybe two months ago, a woman uh, was sexually assaulted while jogging like near where our dad lives, where I used to go running. And my mom sent and mom sent me the article about it. I was like, Mom, I don't even run here anymore. Like, why do you? Why? <laughs> She's our like, just thought you'd run now. She's to keep us on our toes. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, well, I went to the drive-in last night. It was actually very cute because I lead a weekly, um, like, Zoom support group is what we call it. It's, like, a lot less uh, formal than that, but sort of, People within my office, anyone who wants to can get on Zoom and sort of talk about how they're doing, if anything's stressing them out or whatever. Honestly, more often it's just people kind of like letting out some steam because we're all used to seeing each other at work and we're not right now. Um, But we were on, I had one this afternoon and one of our externs, who's a law student in New York City, uh, was saying that she's going to a drive-in this weekend and she's never been to one. And I was like, and there was a woman on the Zoom call who's in her 60s and she's like, you make me feel old. You've never been to a drive-in. And I was like, I go to drive-ins all the time. I was just at a drive-in last night. Um, so I know Ryan and Hannah know this because they know me, but for those of you that uh, are listeners to the podcast and maybe don't know this about me, I love drive-ins. Uh, when I retire, I want to own a drive-in. And there are so many things that are, horrible and terrible coming out of the present state of affairs. Um, If they're like one thing that has been a silver lining for me is that drive-ins are doing really well right now because that's a way. So like, I hope that will carry over when things go back to normal. I hope people will remember that like, that's a really nice way to sort of like spend time with the people that you love. Um, But my partner and I got a crowler of beer last night and some impossible whoppers from Burger King and went to see the empire strikes back at the drive-in and oh, that sounds uh, it awesome. was a blast. It was super fun. Yeah. Sophie, you know, um, a dream of mine is as a retired person or just when I'm older, I want to own a mini golf course. Oh, so I do know this. We need to like, maybe we could combine sure. them. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, what do you want to do when you retire? 
<laughs> I want to be senile and chase the kids off my lawn. <laughs> that, that's that a, that's what I used to tell my now wife when we first met in college. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, guys, let's not delay this any further. I genuinely can't remember if this happened on the podcast or afterwards. But when we did the episode on Crawl, Hannah drew the parallel between that movie and an episode of Baywatch, season six, episode 12, called Beauty and the Beast. Hannah, can you <laughs> give us a brief plot synopsis of the A and B plot for this episode of Baywatch? I was going to say, so I have a couple different answers to this question because um, on the one hand, you know, we've got a, um, a, an alligator, an alligator sighting early on mm-hmm. and an alligator on the loose that it takes a while for the lifeguards to figure out is a thing. And then they have to try to catch it at the same time as all the female lifeguards are competing to basically be in Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. Yeah. But I have another theory, which is that early on, Pamela Anderson, CJ, is drinking some tea, and she has hives. Mm-hmm. And I think that this whole episode is a fever dream of hers because there are multiple photo shoot montages that happen that are so so jarring. That was one of my questions about Baywatch. I was like, is this par for the course? Like, is this just a normal (laughs) part of the show? Because they weren't just like casual cutaways. They were so long. long. So long. long. And okay, so the one girl was like stroking her own arm at one point (laughs) really slowly. And I and it was just zooming in on her. I was like what is happening? <laughs> okay, so Hannah, Hannah, I'm going to give you a 2 out of 10 for your plot synopsis. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to do a quick synopsis for our listeners who didn't watch the episode. Uh, if you are a Hulu subscriber, all of Baywatch, I learned, is available on Hulu. And I saw today that they have them broken down into, like, the best rescues and, like, the best mystery episodes. So I think that um, I may be starting a full Baywatch watch slash rewatch here pretty soon um also let me, side note sophie hulu classifies this they classify baywatch as an action series which i mean listen this was an action-packed episode yeah um okay so as <laughs> hannah said the the first plot we have going on is that there is some kind of monster that is attacking people at the beach and we get this opening scene of this uh, guy who appears to be, I would assume appears to be homeless and is sort of like in a, uh, like an outpour grate off the beach drinking wine and sort of like drunkenly talking to a duck. And then the duck gets eaten and we don't see what eats it, but it gets eaten. And he gets startled and jumps out of the grate. And uh, I'm not going to remember anyone's name except a couple people because I haven't seen this show in a long time, but the blonde lifeguard uh, you know, sort of pulls him aside, is like, sir, you can't have alcohol on the beach, dumps his wine out, and the, the guy is like, there's a monster, I saw a monster, and the guy doesn't believe him. So then that plot continues. We have sort of like a guy being attacked, um, and CJ has to go save him, and so you have that plot going on where they have to close the Venice Beach, there's a monster of some kind attacking people. They're not sure if, sure if it's a shark or a barracuda. It turns out to be an alligator. So you have that plot. Then, Saltwater like said, crocodile. Saltwater see, crocodile. 
They call they, it a gator repeatedly in the episode, which and is they confusing. don't until like they acknowledge that it's a saltwater crocodile, and they're like, "Oh, okay." And then for the rest of the episode, they call it an they alligator. They call it yeah. <laughs> um, so then, like Hannah said, there's this this B plot where, um, oh, I wish I could remember what the magazine was called. That's like a ripoff Sports Illustrated, but Sports like, Inside Sports. Yes, Inside Sports. So Inside <laughs> Sports has decided that they finally want to have a real lifeguard. Uh, as they're in their photo or swimsuit photo shoot and all the women are like aren't we not allowed to do corporate endorsements and they're like they're gonna put some stuff in there about water safety so it's fine so you have all these women competing to be (laughs) the the model from Baywatch and then you have this third plot where Pamela Anderson CJ contracts the chicken pox (laughs) and and so you have all these three things going on so um, there's a lot going on. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack in this very short episode. So Ryan, give me like a brief overview of how you felt rewatching the show. What was your experience with Baywatch before this? And what was it like to watch this now? <laughs> My experience before, I feel like we used to watch it a lot growing up. At least like I, I have that faint memory, but rewatching it, nothing resonated <laughs> with me at yeah, all. And I was like, same. I don't recognize any of this except... <laughs> For the intro. The intro is burned into my brain with the lovely music, slow motion crotch shots of male and female genitalia and just Mm -hmm. in your face, this is what it's going to be for the next hour. And I loved it. (laughs) It was everything that I wanted. Yes, definitely, definitely agree. Hannah, what about you? Well, in my notes, um, off of that, in my notes, I I wrote down about the opening credits. I wrote down opening credits, inspirational music plus butts. (laughs) <laughs> and chest. Don't forget, like Ryan said, you get uh, every everyone's chest, and like there's so many slow motion shots of just like beautiful people running in slow yeah. motion. Well, even and the every whole show... shot starts at the crotch and slowly pans up. <laughs> pans that up. was the first thing that I noticed. Every person on the beach in like the background shots or the extras, like every time that they showed who else was on the beach were always in impeccable physical shape. And the f- women all have gigantic boobs, like uh, insane-level boobs. Oh, yeah. People don't go to the beach unless they are unless they're literal gorgeous. models. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like Ryan said, like, I know we used to watch Baywatch when we were kids, and I know we were fans because I was given a CJ Barbie doll. You had not one but two CJ Barbie dolls. yeah. And I, I remember that, that there was some there was some bitterness because I really wanted you to let me have one of your two CJ Barbie dolls and you wouldn't. <laughs> um, Clearly, so, I'm over it as an adult. Yeah, I mean that's that doesn't sound like anything I would ever do. I'm shocked. Um, but yeah, so I knew that we had had some history of Baywatch, but like Ryan said, like when I was watching it, I was like, wow, I don't remember like any of this and I was also like I can't believe we used to watch this as kids and I can't believe we used to watch this like as a family like this show is so horny like everything about it is like over the top horniness that like none of the women ever close their mouths the men if they have shirts on they're they don't stay on for very long everyone's nipples are rock solid (laughs) nipples everywhere like, I, I have was in watching the margins it and I was of my like, notes so much nipple. <laughs> so much nipple. I was just like, what? How did we watch this? And the fact that all the women are competing to be in Sports Illustrated and there's like all of them 
mention on multiple occasions throughout the episode that their dream is to be a model and that they've that's had modeling I, experience. That's I what was I said. Like, I was like, what? <laughs> I think Baywatch recruited from like underground modeling shoots because I was laughing so hard at all of them being like, this is the dream. This is my chance to make it as a famous model. Yeah. Right. I was like, everybody right. on this show wanted to be a model. Did I forget about that? Like... <laughs> So Um. it's really funny that you guys talk about the, like, watching this as kids. I don't ever, like, I have very few uh, explicit memories of this show, except I remember that Hannah and I both really wanted to be CJ when we grew up. And I remember, like, (laughs) I I remember a couple things. One, so we used to belong to a pool when we were kids. And I remember as a kid, like, as a young, probably younger than 10, I remember being at that at Silverside Swim Club at the pool and like being on the playground at the pool. And I remember walking, like practicing walking with like a really exaggerated like hip side to side because that's what I walked on Baywatch. Um, But like when we, so Hannah had brought this up when we recorded Crawl and then we had a sibling Zoom last week where Ryan was like, Ryan also watched Crawl and said that it reminded him of this episode. And I didn't remember this episode at all. So I was like, you know, I'm in a hotel. I've had a couple beers. I'll watch this episode of Baywatch. And I think I texted you guys. Like, I, as soon as the music came on, they're like, at the beginning, I was like, yes! (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm with Ryan where I remember very little as far as specific details of the show but, like, I knew every word to the theme song. I didn't know that I knew them. But, like, mm. I knew every word. And on that first viewing, I got through the cre- opening credits and just, like, went back to the beginning and watched it again. <laughs> because I, I was like, this is pure nostalgia. This is, like, so fun to watch. Um, I am really intrigued to talk about this episode with you guys because I feel like – and. We know, we all know that our parent, all of our parents listen to this podcast. And there were various points in our childhood where, like, I went through a really significant MTV phase and then I wasn't allowed to watch MTV because it was too inappropriate. And there was also <laughs> a phase where, like, we weren't allowed to watch teenager shows, which were, like, any shows where the main characters were teenagers. <laughs> like, no matter how wholesome they were, I remember not being allowed to watch Boy Meets World because dad was like, there's teenagers in it. And I said, well, watch an episode with me. It's really not like that. And of course, like we watched the one episode that starts with uh, Sean and Corey and Eric, like watching their neighbor across the alley, like dance around in her towel after the shower. I was like, it's never like this. It's this one episode. (laughs) But I was like, I said to my, to my partner, I was like, I can't believe that like we weren't allowed to watch Boy Meets World, but Baywatch was totally fine. It's like (laughs) so, uh, absolutely ridiculous the hair is insane the outfits are crazy the nipples are dangerous it was i mean sophie the women have aspirations okay like they're good role models they all want to be models and they'll they're willing to stop at nothing (laughs) to get what they want (laughs) i will say in defense of the wholesomeness of the show one of the things that i was so surprised of was some of the interactions that you thought were gonna go south like the first one where the lifeguard finds the um the drunk coming out of the storm drain Mm -hmm. and he's like hey you can't be here but hey here are some programs i can refer you to they can really help you out instead of just being like beat it bum he's like here let me try to help you but also can i just say i don't know if you noticed but the 
that character was wearing paper bags for shoes. Oof. Did not know in, <laughs> in a storm drain. So it... Uh, I, <laughs> I, I mean, I, did. I was just like, what the fuck? Ryan, I'm really glad that you mentioned that because that's like one of the very first things we see <laughs> on screen. And it's the first time we see one of the Baywatch people like do anything. And <laughs> in my notes, I was like, now, listen, guys, this is... Uh, really like taking the point too far but like my note was just like yeah defund the police this is why you need to go and just be like hey you probably shouldn't be here right now but like let me like let me give you access to some resources that might be helpful instead of like let me arrest you for you know whatever you guys were you watching the same show as me he's like you fucking drunk you're crazy get off the beach i mean he's not he does Even refer to him as tells, a wino later. Like, I'm not yeah, saying that he, he, like, handled it well. Other, when he tells the other lifeguards, oh, I actually, like, ran into this wino who told me he saw a sea monster in a storm drain. Right after they said it's probably in a storm drain. And they're like, are you kidding? You can't believe anything homeless people say. Like, their reaction was like, you're an Hannah. idiot. But the initial reaction yes. was wholesome. <laughs> The interaction that he had with that guy was like, I'm not saying that he did everything perfectly. Oh he my God. A, he could have been a lot better, but you have to acknowledge that like, we are we are living in a time period where like, as soon as that, I saw the, the like Baywatch truck pull up, my response was like, oh God. So, like, <laughs> um, well, I will yeah. say in, in terms of how the rest of the episode went, like most of, one thing I noticed is that most of the, male-to-male interactions, especially amongst, like, the Baywatch men, were very, like, hostile. Like, everybody was like, you're an idiot. No, like, I'm tough. I thought you were going to say homoerotic. It was like... I also wasn't. It wasn't homoerotic as much as it was like they were in constant competition to be like, I'm the the one who's right. I'm the one who's manliest. So I will say that... Yeah, so at least in that instance, that one guy was, like, nice and seemed like he was trying to help take care of someone rather than just, like, whip his dick out and prove he was a man. <laughs> can I can I ask you, too, I don't know if you had this reaction, but so I watched this episode about a week ago, like I said, when we talked about it, and then once we decided we were going to record about it, I watched it again so I could, like, take notes. And... Both times I watched it, in the intro sequence, like the opening credits, there are so many shots of like beaches full of people and my knee-jerk reaction was like, go home, you shouldn't be at the beach. Uh, it was I was so definitely to, holding to my breath hoping now. there was going to be no mouth-to-mouth CPR. <laughs> uh, also, I feel like this is an inside joke uh, it, within our family and it, you all probably didn't have this reaction because I had already seen the episode and so... In the storyline where all of the women are competing to be the like the model for inside sports, Yasmin Bleeth's character um, like really, really, really wants to to be the the model. And she and CJ are roommates. And so we get this sequence. Well, I guess like before I get into my broader point, let's talk about this montage because it's insane. So she's <laughs> talking to CJ. And she's like, well, we all know you're going to get it because you've already been a model. If you don't watch Baywatch, CJ is Pamela Anderson. So she's like sitting in her 
um, lifeguard tower with like her hair is like perfectly tousled and her her nipples are insane. And Yasmin is like, yeah, <laughs> Yasmin is like, we all know you're gonna get it. And then Pam Anderson's like, what if we both get it? And then no, she like, said, what if they want a brunette? <laughs> Yeah, she says, what she if said, they want you a don't know, they with might blue want a eyes <laughs> and pouty lips? And then Yasmin Blitz like, I don't have pouty lips. It was like um, the way she said it, though. She's like, you don't know, they might want a brunette. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah was like, ouch. Yeah, I was like, um, oh, damn. No one, I no wonder. I was like, I want to be CJ because she's blonde. <laughs> um, but so they both, I assume this this next segment, which is almost four minutes long, I assume it's like... <laughs> The two I was about to say, them, did anyone time it? Because I it timed seemed it. To I last timed it forever. Yeah. It's a full. It's the full length of a song. It's almost four minutes, and I can only assume it's the two of them like having a hallucination together. <laughs> I think it was the official music video for that song. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Yasmin Bleef and Pamela Anderson, like quote unquote, modeling, and it's very weird because. First of all, I tried to Shazam the song, and Shazam was like, I don't fucking know what this is. Um, <laughs> this isn't real. <laughs> it's like, it's, it is like borderline stained or like Creed or something. It's like angry 90s butt rock. And you have like, in every shot that she's in, Pam Anderson is in the same dress in the same place. And Yasmin Bleeth has like 17 different outfits and different hairdos and like wigs and all kinds of shit. And I'm wondering like, what do you think, why do you think they were like, Pamela Anderson only needs the one, but uh, we're going to really have to. Because she's blonde. They're like, she's blonde, (laughs) enough said. But the other lady, they're like, we're going to try every different hair color. And then we're going to put her hair up because otherwise it's just not going to (laughs) work. No it one's going to really buy funny. her for as a model with brown hair. <laughs> it was funny because all the clips of Pamela Anderson, like, she's in this, like, skin-tight, metallic, like, silver or black, kind of, like, pleather-looking dress. And so, and she has one of those, like, you know, black neck, pla- uh, plastic neck chokers from the 90s. So the music really fits with what she's wearing. And she, the way she's modeling, like, it, it sort of makes sense aesthetically when she's on screen. And then there's a sequence where Yasmin Bleeth is in this, like, beautiful, like, baby blue, like, <laughs> gown with a, like, a gauze scarf. And it's just, like, it is, the dis- the cognitive dissonance is really out of control. I mean, at one point, she's got, like, a bright red bob on. Yeah. And I was just like, whoa, <laughs> that is shocking. <laughs> yeah. It is uh, super strange. So, so what that brings me to is... We know that establishes that Yasmin Bleet's character really wants to win. Pamela Anderson doesn't really seem to super care. She's like, whatever, if they'll pick me, if they pick me, I'm Pamela Anderson. I mean, but we also learn later she's probably running a low-grade fever at that point. Correct. (laughs) She does end up having Um, chicken pox. But there's a character that I... (laughs) (laughs) There's a character later that, like, I didn't remember from watching this as a kid named Neely, uh who sabotages Yasmin Bleeth by basically telling her that she has already had chicken pox so that it's okay for her to take care of CJ and then she gets chicken pox. And since <laughs> I watched so it today... so ridiculous. <laughs> since I, I, I watched also... it today for the second time, as soon as the opening credits were going and Neely came up, I literally said out loud, and this will, I think, be funnier to Ryan and Hannah than any of our listeners, but I was like, oh, is that the bitch? 
<laughs> a thing Hannah says all the time if you're if you have like a person in your life who just doesn't treat you well in general whenever you mention them in conversation Hannah will just go oh is that the bitch and I felt that way about Neely for the entire episode the second time around because one time Sophie accused me of not listening to a story she was telling and I said yeah I'm listening and she started the story over by saying the girl's name and I went oh is that the bitch <laughs> Well, I think this whole storyline just goes to my point that this show is a wholesome show meant for children <laughs> based on the interactions with strangers and everyone, everyone's petrifying fear of chicken pox. <laughs> like the chicken pox was such a, ma- everyone was terrified. Like no one was like, oh, I've had it. It's fine. Everyone was like, oh my God, the chicken pox. Yeah. David has like, jumped back. Yeah. He but was if you're an adult and you didn't get it as a child, it could turn into shingles. And friend of the pod, Pat, has and, and Sarah have had shingles, and it sounds horrible. But, like, David Hasselhoff is later swimming in water where he knows there's a crocodile. <laughs> yeah. At the mention of chicken pox, he jumped out of the yeah. room and was like, get the fuck away from me. All right, that's a very fair point. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> um... Um, does one of you want to describe for our listeners, Ryan, I would love to have you describe for our listeners our first sequence where we see someone get attacked by the as yet unidentified monster. So this was, was he, it wasn't the surfer. This was just a guy guy out in the water and he's with possibly his girlfriend trying, who's trying to convince him to come back because he's too deep. And he's like, no, come out here. I thought you wanted to body surf. And she's like, no, you're too deep. Blah, blah, blah. They're bickering back and forth. He's like, your boobs will float. Don't worry. Yeah. (laughs) You can't drown. Then we get the underwater shot a la Jaws from the perspective of the monster that we don't know with the menacing music as well as undertones of hissing. As it's slowly approaching, you see the guy's legs kicking continues to go above water, cut down below. Suddenly, something grabs the man, and he's thrashing. And one of the first things that I thought, when they, they he eventually thrashes, they go out, they have to rescue him, they bring him back to shore. And he has a pretty substantial bite on his leg. But he was thrashing for so long and going underwater, above water. Like, this thing is just tearing him apart. And then he gets on, and it literally looks like the crocodile just bit him once and swam away suddenly. <laughs> And he thrashed, and there was blood everywhere. <laughs> and then they're just like, oh, you're going to be fine. But what bit you? And he literally I, is screaming, and they're like, what bit you? And he's like, I don't know. I, I didn't see it. Yeah, so <laughs> casual. I also, like, it's, I mean, I guess uh, I am not in any way an expert of the kind of things in the that live in the water in California that might bite you, but I feel like... David Hasselhoff being like, did you see a dorsal fin? I get it. They want to, like, identify what kind of shark it was, potentially. But, like, it feels pretty probable that it was a shark. So the fact they don't... I get that later on they're, like, the bite radius wasn't big enough. All that makes sense. But, like, at the time that it happens, it feels like they're already, like, we know it's going to be something else, so we have to keep it vague. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was like, no, I didn't see a dorsal fin. Oh, it couldn't have been a shark then. They always warn you with the dorsal fin. <laughs> right. Also, all of the also all of the extras like standing around this guy on the beach going like shark, 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 yeah. shark. Yeah. Like behind David Hasselhoff was really good. Um, every, all the extras on the beach are saying shark, and then 
all the extras on the beach as well as the women in the cast, I think, were given the note to enter every scene boobs first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Nipples for sure. First. Nipples first, yeah. Nipples first. That is, like, the mo- the motto of Baywatch is, like, we here at Baywatch, we believe in acting with your nipples first. Like, you and react with your nipples, you act with them. <laughs> Um, I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to make Hannah tell the story, but, uh, Hannah, did you, we both had an experience with our mom at a beach where, uh, she became concerned and wanted us to get on land. And I didn't realize at the time that that happened that she was quoting Baywatch, but watching Baywatch, uh, when David Hasselhoff's like, we're going to take this injured guy back to the, we're going to take him to the doctor. Hey, Yasmin Bleeth, I need you to like close the beach. And she's running up and down the beach yelling, everyone out of the water. <laughs> uh, and I just thought of our mom who, uh, Hannah, do you want to share that story? Because I feel like it, it, your perspective is a little bit more fun than mine. I don't even know what happened to me. Like, my perspective, there's like a black hole. It was like we were walking into the water in Florida and... We were already in the water. We had like safely stingray shuffled <laughs> into the water and we were in like lower chest deep water just kind of like hanging out and all of a sudden we see like a shadow nearby and mom kind of turns and just starts going out of the water out of the water everybody out of the water out of the water out of the water (laughs) and she's like shuffling i I kept being like mom it's a stingray it's okay it's not coming anywhere near us and we just like turn around and hannah is already on shore and somehow dry (laughs) (laughs) yeah a common superpower of kooky hannah (laughs) yeah kooky uh guys add this to your podcast lore kooky hannah can teleport when in danger if water is involved and immediately multiple (laughs) multiple multiple experience it's never when i want to though like when i'm high and i really just want wherever i'm at i just want to be home in bed i try to teleport really hard it never works. Wait, is that why you're always like high sticking your hand in water? You're like, maybe if there's water, I would get home. <laughs> well, because I did that kind of with Ryan too that time we fell out of a canoe. Yeah, and I just, that's like, what I was speaking of. Yeah, we yeah. I was gonna say kind of. You like full that that story is even more shocking. We than full the on story. sank our canoe on <laughs> December 31st in Rhode Island, and it was freezing. And our cousin and I are trying to lift the canoe out of the water, and we turn, and Hannah is somehow on shore, looking over us, like, "What happened? You guys okay?" <laughs> and she's completely dry. Yeah, and we're in <laughs> neck deep water, like, "What happened? We're freezing cold." And like when you guys got on land you realize that there was like like three like pricker bushes between where you were and where i was and you guys were like how did you get over there and i was like i don't know (laughs) i blacked out (laughs) i was like i just opened my eyes and i was here (laughs) if only hannah i feel like hannah you would be a terrible baywatch lifeguard because like you would just teleport out of there and leave the person to drink (laughs) every time like i go to save i do the slow motion run to the water and everything and then as soon as i hit the water i just like and then I just back on the beach like, wait, what happened? I'm trying, I swear. I'm trying so hard. I need this job so I can eventually become a model. <laughs> can we talk a little bit about, we get like a very short scene. And if I remember correctly, it's the first scene in the episode that we get Neely in. And again, I don't really remember her character from watching it as a sh- as a kid. But like, she's answering phones on the switchboard of people who are calling into Baywatch headquarters did Switchboard still the... exist then? <laughs> That's a great question. Con- I was very confused. By the I was question. also not sure. Yeah, I was also not sure about that. 
Um, it's like, this seems old. <laughs> yeah, it feels like they would have just had multiple telephones um, yeah. that she could, like, answer. Or, or like, one phone with multiple on lines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was wondering what you guys thought of her performance because it, like, it didn't feel like it was the way the lines were written. It was a definite choice in her performance, unless she was, like, directed to act this way. But people understandably have heard that there was a potential shark attack at Venice Beach. And so they're trying to call in to, like, find out what happened or find out if the beach is closed. And she's just like, yeah, the beach is closed. We don't know what it was. And then she, like, <laughs> unplugs the line and, like, rolls her eyes. And then plugs it in and is like, yeah, someone got attacked. What? And she's like, she's so obnoxious about it. And she I never closes her mouth. <laughs> Not once does that woman cover her mouth this entire episode. Yeah, <laughs> zero concern about what's attacking people in the water. Just please stop bothering me. I need to practice my pouty lips. She's like, unless yeah, you're the brunette sister, I don't want to hear from you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she's just, it's like, it's so, she's acting as though people, it'd be different if everyone was asking, being like, is the sun outside today? And she was <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. Why are you calling me? You could find this out somewhere else. But it's like, hey, you might be the only place people could get this information, and it feels like uh, this is your job, and you should take yeah. it seriously. <laughs> um, and also, as we learn later, when they when it's apparently the lifeguard's job to capture a crocodile, even though they got the equipment <laughs> from animal control, from animal control, yeah. they got their old collar from animal control. That I like wrote that in all caps. I was like, how? In the world, does this fall under Baywatch's jurisdiction? There is a saltwater crocodile (laughs) on the beach. Send Baywatch. (laughs) So I guess people just know that everything, everything is up to Baywatch. That's why they're getting so many calls. (laughs) The movie makes so much more sense now. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like, uh, wait, Hannah, you have or have not watched the movie? I have. I don't remember a lot about it other than that I really did not like it. Yeah, I don't remember oh. anything. Yeah, it was it was oh, like I remember loving every second of it. Oh. So I know I Zac Efron so talks painful. a lot now about how much he hated his diet for that movie and how unsustainable yeah. it was. For sure, and I I appreciate that. Any but but I feel like the movie does a good job of like yeah, Baywatch's job is like super nondescript and they just do everything. Except in this movie, that it's more like this is not your jurisdiction. Like we're gonna do it anyway. Um, so I appreciated that. I don't know if this is a thing that you guys caught, but I definitely had the experience watching this that like, so when, when they're like, they call um, Mitch, David Hasselhoff, into the infirmary and they're like, <laughs> CJ has chicken. Or no, they say, it's CJ. They don't say what's wrong. It's And of course it's Neely who doesn't say what's wrong. She's just like, you have to come to the infirmary. It's CJ, dot, dot, dot. Your most important so, lifeguard. Right. So David Hasselhoff and Yasmin Bleef uh, run to the infirmary and they're like, she has chicken pox and you get that gif. This is like a, I think this is a famous gif that I've seen so many times and didn't know, like I assumed it was from Baywatch, but it didn't know the context of like Pamela Anderson with like an old school thermometer, thermometer in her mouth, just like rolling her eyes and then falling backwards out of frame. <laughs> um, and I just... Like, I rewound and watched that segment multiple times. Just, like, just Pamela Anderson being, like, good grief, and then, like, falling yeah. back on the infirmary bed. is like, I to Ryan's point, is, like, feels very much made for children. Um, If we're talking about 
moments that we watched over and over again. I'm trying to find yes, the exact timestamp, but there was something that I watched so many times. So, as we have discussed, a great deal of this show is famous, like, famously, people slow motion running into the water in their bathing suits. Always. Yes. But, at the same time, this was season six. I don't know how old David Hasselhoff was. Oh, I looked it up on my phone and now I'm laughing again watching it. Um, okay, so I don't know how old he was at this point, but roughly like 15 minutes and uh, like 40 seconds into the episode when David Hasselhoff has to go in to tell the long distance swimmer that the beach is closed. Uh-huh. He runs t- toward the water they do not shoot him like they shoot everybody else, like, from, like, low in the front so you can, like, really see their whole body. They shoot him from, like, ten feet behind, and he, <laughs> his pants are pulled up really high, and he, like, hobbles into the water. <laughs> and it, it, it broke me because it's so, it looks like he's struggling so, <laughs> so much. And I, I watched it over and over and over again, and I was like, why is that the take they chose? <laughs> and I really urge you guys to go back and watch it, because I watched it, like, ten times. Like, he takes his shirt off, and he's, like, all shoulders, and he's just, like, uh, 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 <laughs> like trying to get into the water. Uh, I'm literally, we're going to do this right now. I'm pulling this up on the phone so that we can all watch it together. The way you're describing it, Hannah, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but, like, I guess I'll wait and see. I'll tell you if I feel like I pictured it accurately. It makes me uh, feel like if I was in Baywatch, it's how I would run into the water. I'm I'd picturing, like, oh. picturing Wreck-It Ralph. I don't want to fall. Like, or it's like, oh, the sand is hot. Like, he's just kind of like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> So, Hannah, it's like you at senior week where you got burns on all your feet from the hot sand. First first day of Cedar Week, took one step onto the water and burned every single one of my toes. Wait, onto the sand, right? You burned your feet on the sand, not the water? Yes, 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 of course. No, she walked onto the water. We've discussed her abilities. <laughs> also just looks awkward to watch him run when everybody else has been running in slow motion beauty shots. And his is just kind of like, yeah, get my shirt off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is really good. It's not quite as exaggerated as I thought, Hannah. I, like, thought maybe he was going to look like he shit his pants and he was trying to run without letting anyone know he shit his pants. That's what he looks like to me. Like, he looks like he really has a hard time getting his shirt off. Yeah, he's like, oh, 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 oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's also, like. Slowly scampers. Yeah, he, like. It's a scamper. It's not a heroic run. It's a slow scamper. It's a scamper. It's, it's like, a slow scamper. That's a really good way to describe when it. Every, when everybody else's shot toward the water is like an exaggerated close-up of their body in slow motion, and then his right. big moment is like a from a distance scamper. from behind <laughs> and not slowed down at all, it's just like jarring. I was like, man, the Hoff was like getting tired of the run at this point. <laughs> well, Hannah, I'm glad you brought up this scene because the other thing that I – Absolutely. The thing that I pulled out of this was, again, how polite the conversation was <laughs> between David Hasselhoff and the swimmer yeah. who was on the beach. I was like, in 2020, there is no way that this would have gone the way that it went. It was literally like he walked up. He's like, hey, the beach is closed. You can't be in the water. And the swimmer just pops his head up and goes, 
oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. And then he's like, all right, hop on the jet ski. And he just climbs aboard. I was like, this would have been a screaming match. Police would have been called. Someone would have drowned. Someone would have been like, it's my right to be here. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If this were 2020, that long distance swimmer would have gotten eaten by an alligator while arguing that like it was his right to be in the water water. beach. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I don't know if you guys felt this way, but like talking about the episode as a whole, it just felt like we, I think we've talked pretty significantly about the different plot lines that are going on in this episode. And like the tonal shift can be really jarring. <laughs> like we go from, we go very specifically from like watching people get attacked and almost die to like, and now look at all these hot women trying to pose or like, and now look at how funny it is when these beautiful women have chicken pox. And <laughs> I felt, I felt like I was going to get whiplash, like the way that the tone just like jumped around throughout the episode. And I, again, I'm like Ryan. I know we watched Baywatch a lot. I don't have a lot of like concrete memories of watching it. I feel like this was probably their shtick all the way around was to like, if you're going to do something serious, throw in a B plot that's like kind of zany um but it was like especially watching it now it doesn't age well the parts that are like slapstick humor with the parts that are like really gritty like beach drama stuff (laughs) it's really strange and And remind me before the hunt like the actual when they realize what's going on and they go to find the crocodile there were only two like actual attacks there was only one. Well, like, the one, well the it almost one, the, gets the a kid. The, bo- yeah. the boogie board got bit. Yeah. 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 But we got we cut right from that kid almost getting eaten by an alligator to like uh, that really skeezy uh, inside sports guy interviewing all the Baywatch uh, women, and they're all like, "Yeah," and it's hilarious because he's asking all of them like. Have you ever done photo shoots? Have you done lingerie photo shoots? And every single one of them is like, yes, because we're all aspiring models who just got this part-time job. And he also says multiple times during that scene, it's sexy but classy, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah. he really creeped me out. (laughs) He also kept being like, and you like that stuff? And it's like, ugh. It's real Uh, gross. um, Also, but like with what Ryan was saying, and also you too, Sophie, with just like the tone and the shifts being kind of weird, like, there is also, at the same time, as all of this, like, really over-the-top, like, everything is, like, in, like injected with this, like, crazy sex drive to it. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, when they speak, is, like, oddly formal about everything. Right. Like, even when they figure out that it's a crocodile, when they're like, how could a crocodile be in the ocean here? And the one guy goes, well, what if someone received the crocodile as a gift and then decided they didn't want it anymore? (laughs) And I was like, why would it be that they got it as a gift and not that they got it for themselves? Like, I don't... The speed at which (laughs) they solved how the crocodile got into the storm drain. It was like one guy was like, maybe someone got it as a pet, you know? I've heard in Florida people get alligators and flush them down the toilet and they're like... Oh, but it would have been too big. And then David Hasselhoff is like, unless there was a rupture in the pipe, then it would have ended up in a storm drain. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how yeah, is it's... that your chain of thought? Which they make some pretty bonkers uh, mental leaps while they're trying to figure this out. Well, and also because, you know, speaking as someone who lives in Chicago, where we famously had an alligator in the beach, in the Humboldt Park beach last year, um, 
it would make it would have made so much more sense to just be like somebody had it as a pet and set it free than to be like somebody had it someone was given it as a gift but then they didn't want it so they flushed it down the toilet and then there was a, a ruptured sewer pipe attached to that and toilet that's, yeah. and that's how it, and then it got into a drain pipe and then into the ocean it like was i was insane. just like what and everyone immediately accepts it and was like yep this is it we figured yeah. it out we've solved the mystery they're like wow mitch you've done it again <laughs> yeah. So I want to know now, again, I, I have said on record that I don't remember this episode as a kid, even rewatching it now. I didn't remember any of it, but I know this episode scared the crap out of both of you when we were younger. So what was it like to watch it now, especially the climactic sequence where Mitch and the other male lifeguards go to uh, wrangle the crocodile? Ryan, what was that like for you? I was going to say, so I had such like or what I thought were such visceral memories of this <laughs> episode. And as soon as I started it, I was like, none of this is ringing a bell. The, the, the storm drain in the beginning, like it's because the first shot I think is of the outside of the storm drain. And I was yeah. like, oh shit, I remember this. And like that 100% resonated. Then nothing. And then Agreed. as soon as they get back, not even when they're like walking through the storm drain, but when they eventually get back into like the cave portion of the storm drain, that's when I was like, I thought this was I my memory was that the whole episode took place in that cave <laughs> like it was just them battling this crocodile in its lair and I was like oh my mm-hmm. god this is what I remember when they finally got there That's So Ryan the what you're thing. saying is you wanted it to be crawl the whole time No Absolutely <laughs> That was the, I, I had like the same it. experience like I remembered the like I remembered the storm drain from the beginning very much and then nothing in between and then when they got into the cave part i was like oh yeah and i remembered them being i was like i know they get into the water at some point mm-hmm. but yeah it's the same for me like those two aspects of it were like just completely like drilled into my memory but everything else was disappeared when calculus was introduced to me Part of me feels like I'm conflating it with, like, an episode of something else. But I'm like, I feel like what other show would have had, like, this similar of an episode. But my memory of the episode was literally, like, that the crocodile kept pulling people into the cave. Mm. And they were trying to figure out, like, where they, like, the whole time everyone else is trying to figure out where they were. And then the people in the cave had no way of getting in touch with. Like, that was my memory of the episode. So when it turned out that the cave is literally the very end, I was like, man, I blew this so out of proportion in my mind as a child. (laughs) Well, and Ryan, did you remember it at all as, like, being that the cave was, like, underneath of a boardwalk? No. For some reason, I had, like, a memory, and maybe it was, like, a different episode of Baywatch, but I had, like, a visceral memory of them, like, being underneath of a boardwalk or a pier or something and the tide like coming in everybody freaking out oh that does seem that does sound very familiar the tide part yeah and i thought it was like something is coming in with the tide yeah exactly like that's what i thought it was all part of the same thing but i'm sure that was just like a different episode of baywatch or something but you guys know there is an episode of bob's burgers where the tide is coming in so maybe that's where your confusion is 100 percent. that's that solves it I would now that I now that I mentioned it, I would love to see a Bob's Burgers uh, Baywatch crossover. Like, 
Oh, that'd be a dream. Somebody make that happen. I want a Baywatch episode of uh, Bob's Burgers. Do you think in 20 years there'll be some people having a podcast watching an episode of Bob's Burgers being like, can you believe we used to watch this with our family? It's so crazy. <laughs> oh, I hope not. <laughs> that show's so great. I mean, I don't mean to besmirch the good name of Baywatch, but it is. it was shocking. That was such it was a long shocking size, to me. Sophie. To get that it was out. shocking to me to watch the opening credits of this and be like, I cannot believe our parents allowed us to watch this. Mm-hmm. I don't remember them watching it with us, but even the fact that they were aware, like they bought you Baywatch Barbies and they weren't like, we don't want you to watch this show. Yeah. I was trying to remember if that was one of the shows that landed the the no teenager rule or like the no grown up shows rule. But then I was like, I feel like we watched this though. Yeah. <laughs> we did watch this. I mean, we watched this once that pairing of adults happened, because that's when Hannah got the the doll. And I feel like that's crazy because that was in like in the same time period that I was told that I couldn't watch Boy Meets World and Hannah there was that show on Disney Channel that was about EMT. In a heartbeat. Yeah. In a heartbeat. And Hannah With asked, the online game. Oh yes. that show was so and, I love that show. And Hannah, uh, famously within our family, asked the woman that our father was dating what EMT stood for. And her response was, if you don't know, you might not be old enough to watch the show. And it's like that. No, it's no. It was like a Disney Channel show about teenage lives. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Um, Oh, my God. But I was going to say, like, the alligator part, I was actually, I I wanted to give props. Sorry, crocodile part. I do want to give props because I do feel like they did a pretty good job making it look pretty real. Like, going into it, I yeah. was expecting, I was like, wow, I'm I'm sure this is going to look absolutely ab- absurd. And there was, like, one moment where David Hasselhoff is wrestling the alligator where it's, like, rubber crocodile. alligator. And it's little... <laughs> crocodile. <laughs> and it's little baby crocodile hand, like, rubber hand is just flopping. But... Yeah. But other than that, like, the chomps and, like, the way it would jump out of the water, like, they did a really good job with it. Although... Definitely. I did notice toward the end, like, David Hasselhoff, or, I mean, the way they cut back and forth, I'm sure it was an animal handler, but it's, it's being, the alligator was being dragged. Ah! <laughs> the crocodile was being dragged by a bunch of rope wrapped around its nose, and I was just like, that's something that does not age well. Like, you wouldn't see that yeah. nowadays. And it was, in a just to TV clarify, show. this was a real, they did cut, yeah. like, they used a real crocodile for a lot right. of the shots, and then it was yeah. just in, like, the action sequences that it was fake. But, yeah, they literally dragged a live crocodile, like, through the sand. Yeah, and I was like, snow. that would I, not I thought fly. the same thing. Wait, guys, wait, no, no, no. The It had rope around its snout to keep it from biting, but the rope that they were pulling it by was... Uh, tied under its, its chest. front legs. Yeah. yeah. But still, I was like, Yeah, but like, still, it was is, being just dragged. The his little, <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you watch it, his legs are trying to grip into the yeah, sand it, and they're no, dragging yeah, him too fast. I yes. was like, that, I, I will agree. It doesn't age well. I just wanted to clarify, they're not dragging him by his face. It's still not better. Like, some, I saw somebody on IMDb was like, they're clearly pulling a taxidermy crocodile i was like no that's definitely a live crocodile it looks like a very sedated Hannah, crocodile <laughs> whatever i'm sorry to all of but our I crocodile will, listeners i will say bringing it back to the conversation that i had with you both about crawl is that's what i liked or the, the what my memory of this episode was and what i liked so much about it that i didn't like about crawl 
was that I was very excited to watch Crawl because of y'all's discussion about it. And the alligators in that were far too overtly violent for me. I was just like this. It took me out of it to just be like, this is very aggressive with them, like jumping out of the water. And the thing they that do I, that, Ryan, I know that they do that, but it was they don't do that to every living thing in like a <laughs> hundred foot, well, hundred square foot radius. Alligators. Yes. OK, we're going to have to have Ryan back for an episode where he just tells us his thoughts on crawl. Or we don't, and yeah, that's the reason why you uh, aren't on this podcast normally. Yeah, so apologize, <laughs> apologies, un, unpopular opinion. But what I liked about this was that it was still, like, there were some good jump scares. Not like, it wasn't overtly scary because it's Baywatch, but then most of the show, you don't see the actual crocodile. Like, it's mostly suspense. And then when you do see yeah. it, like, I loved the shots in the cave where it's like David Hasselhoff walking through the water, something like that, and the camera is half underwater, half above water, and then you would just see, like, the tail of something move in the background. Like, that's what I remember so much from my childhood. Like, this yeah, is what's going sure. to kill me in the deep end of the swimming pool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's exactly right. They do – I totally agree that they, they do a good job, obviously because, like, it is clearly a function of their budget that they can't – like, they can't have the the crocodile in every shot because it'd be hard to do that. You'd have to use some kind of animatronic stuff. And they do a really good job, I think, especially for when this came out, of sort of, like, just not showing you the, the monster, quote-unquote, for a really long time. Um, well, yeah, and I think so. The, I'll give you that. In the cave showdown, when the one guy gets kind of, like, dragged off by the crocodile, um, he, at one point, is, like, kind of up on land a little bit, and he says, like, we're not alone in here. And then you mm-hmm. see there's a shot of the crocodile swimming, but you don't know where it's at. And then David Hasselhoff is, like, neck deep in the water, and he's like, we're going to get out of here. Come with me. And then, like, as he's saying it, the crocodile, like, pops up and bites his shoulder. Um, yeah. And I thought that was actually really, like, I thought that was actually pretty good. Like, the jump of the crocodile looked pretty real. Um, yeah. It caught me off guard. Caught me off lifeguard. And um, <laughs> and then afterwards, but um, <laughs> the way you said that, like the way you said it, was like I know it's not great, but I'm just gonna <laughs> just keep gonna it moving. It anyway. Um, but then afterwards, much like when the crocodile had bit the guy's leg, David Hasselhoff had like no blood or anything; his shirt was just ripped. <laughs> yep, totally fine. But it led to the amazing scene of him wrestling the crocodile one-handed. <laughs> like, just yeah. like he was giving it a noogie, like under one arm, like, I got you. He's like, yeah, I got you. <laughs> He's like, hand me the rope. And I counted, the other guy says, Mitch, six times. He goes, Mitch, Mitch. Mitch. <laughs> like six times. While he's wrestling <laughs> a crocodile. <laughs> I also have to say, like, um, going back to the terrible, like, side plot of trying to get into inside sports. <laughs> when they gave the modeling job to Neely, the way mm-hmm. that David Hasselhoff delivered that line, he was kind of like so-and-so or, like, whatever is the name of the guy who's casting the shoot. He's like, he wants to talk to you. And he kind of, like, smirks and walks off. And... I was like, oh, what does he know that we don't? Like, she's going to get her comeuppets. The shoot's going to actually be really terrible. Like, I, I thought, thought there that was also. Yeah, I thought there was going to be, like, retribution or something. And then it just cuts to her doing, like, a beautiful island photo shoot. 
And they do the same thing at the end after her photo shoot when he's like, I guess we'll see how the photo shoot went. And he pulls it out and like, I forget what he says, but he makes it sound like I was waiting for it to be like, oh, they did something really embarrassing with her photos. And it's like, I thought no, she, she was going to have really the chicken hot. pox on the cover. Yeah, same. But like, <laughs> I kept waiting for it to Guys, come back around. And then it was like, but actually, JK, she just looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then we get our second really long montage of the episode. It's like, again, another like full song, like three minute montage of Neely modeling bikinis in Cabo. Like they clearly actually flew her to California for this like, I don't know if, if that actress was actually doing a photo shoot for something or, like, why they did this. But I like, was wondering if the resort paid absolutely. for this episode. They, they <laughs> yeah, the resort the name of the resort multiple it. times. Yeah. The number so of times yeah, they Cabo Royale. Yeah, Cabo Royale. Yeah, they mention it several times. They have, like, a couple shots of, like, the outside of the resort with the sign on the front. Also, yeah. Sophie, and you like, know Cabo's in Mexico, right? What did I say? California. <laughs> Oh, it, they're already in California. I met Mexico. It really looked like um, they flew her to California. <laughs> I really, here's what I want to know. Now, I don't know if you guys watched this recently enough to have an opinion, but um, I was laughing rewatching it at how many, at, uh, with the whole show, how much fashion in some ways has like come full circle. Uh, and I'm curious if any of you had a favorite bathing suit that Neely wore for her photo shoot because there were so many to pick from. And then in the actual cover, she's just in her Baywatch bathing suit. But like we got like seven or eight in the montage. I mean, at one point so, she's standing on a stone pillar in like a nighty and matching underpants. So like at one point she's just wearing lingerie. <laughs> it's not even a yes. bathing suit. I could not tell you a single outfit that Neely wore during her shoot, but what I can tell you is I want to buy the like high waisted short short red lifeguard bathing suit and white polo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to wear Ryan, all of the time. <laughs> you can be the blonde the blonde guy for um, Halloween and then your wife can be the homeless man. Yeah, I was like this <laughs> this I was like this outfit is what all, like, fraternity guys are wearing right now. Yeah. Like, this, is, this has absolutely come full circle. Also, in what universe is your beautiful wife not the alligator? I just, crocodile. I feel like that would well, be a pretty Well, he didn't fight the crocodile at all. I guess that's true. I could be mixed. And he only spoke to the homeless <laughs> man with respect. He didn't speak to anybody else with any kindness or respect the whole rest of the episode. <laughs> I mean, he's the one that diagnosed CJ's chicken pox. He was pretty nice to her. Fair no, point. he wasn't. She was no, like, wait, it's not that bad. Doctor? And he was like, it's very serious, you idiot. <laughs> he said it's very contagious, which is true. <laughs> he was like, I'm going to just go ahead and mansplain how serious this is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, uh, Ryan, I know that you've heard the show before. And as you know, we typically review films and not episodes of television. But since it's your first time joining us and you brought us this uh, amazing piece of culture, we're going to let you uh, go first. How many Bloody Marys out of five would you give Oof. Baywatch Season 6, Episode 12, Beauty and the Beast? I can't give it a full five. Because five would have been my memory of the whole episode taking place inside <laughs> the cave. So I'm going to go four Bloody Marys, obviously with a crispy slice of 
thick, not even bacon, deep fried hog jowl, which is basically super bacon. Whoa. Dunked inside and made with bacon infused vodka. Damn. That feels like as close to five as you can get without being a five. Exactly. It's four with a little with a little extra. I like it. Hannah, what about you? Um, well, I would say that to answer your earlier question, I would want Neely's bathing suit that has suspenders on it. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously that's the one that I would want. Um, and then also, I don't know, like, it's kind of funny, but I have to say that for me, this experience was in- enjoyable, but also, like, a, a lot of, watching a lot of this, I was also just, like, like, I felt itchy, like, I felt like a lot of the clothes they were wearing were probably itchy, and a lot of the way that people were acting were making me feel itchy and like like CJ's chicken pox was so contagious that you got it through watching the episode. Either that, or I just felt like everybody who made this show probably had crabs at some point, and like that made me itchy. And it was sort of like how you know how I feel like I've been having a lot of conversations with people a lot right now about how like certain aspects of institutional racism is like so ingrained in society that it's that it shows up in all different kinds of media in different ways and and a lot of times it might not even be intentional by the people who made it but it's just like it's everywhere and it permeates everything and watching this this episode today I was kind of like watching this this show is like institutional like sexism to me it's like the the dynamics between the men and the women are difficult. The dynamics between the women are itchy. The dynamics between the men are horrifying. So, like, for me, the experience was fun and nostalgic, but I, the whole time, was just sort of, like, uncomfortable mm-hmm. <laughs> watching it. Um, so I would say that I would probably, unfortunately, only give this episode of Baywatch... Like a a one Bloody Mary and a a pickleback, but or a beer back, but instead of a beer back, it's just a cup full of uh, storm drain water. Oh my god! Oh no! <laughs> Not oh, even no. the decency of a pickleback. Wow. Not even ocean water. It's giving <laughs> you like sewer. It water. just made me so itchy. <laughs> Um, no, that's, that's fair. I'm going to split the middle here. So, uh, there, I, I see, I definitely see the stuff that you're worried about, Hannah. I felt watched. So I watched this show with my partner who has, had never seen the Baywatch TV show before ever. Perfect. And it was really fun. (laughs) Yeah. It was really fun to watch it with him. And I was like, the thing that's crazy about this move, this show, watching it as an adult and not as a kid is it just feels like someone took uh, something, like a nice 90s, like a silly 90s sitcom and then tried to mash it with like softcore pornography. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the best way. Like I went out and bought white wine for this recording because I was like, you know, I feel like the horny housewives that were watching Baywatch back in the day were drinking white wine. That's what I need to do. But, like, I, I appreciate that they are equal opportunity objectifiers for the most part. Now, obviously, in this episode, because of the storyline about the swimsuit models, like, it it went much further in the direction of women. But I think from the intro, you can tell that they're, like, 
oh, we're just horny for everybody to be as little clothing as possible. Um, so with that, I'm going to give this episode of television three Bloody Marys with a side of gator tots. Love uh, it. <laughs> yeah, so don't you mean crocodile tots? Crocodile tots. <laughs> we all went to we all went to college in Florida. I think we all know how good alligator tastes. It uh, it tastes great. So chicken of the sea. I don't know if I've chicken ever had alligator. Sea. Actually, wait, what? What? I'm not sure. Oh, ma'am, what is wrong amazing. with you? It's amazing. So well, I'm a vegetarian. You weren't always a vegetarian. Yeah, yeah you but I, I was a vegetarian for pretty much the whole time I was in Florida. You never had gator in Cal- in uh, New Orleans? Yeah, I so think- I, I ate it mostly in New Orleans, never in Florida. Yeah. I don't think so because I feel like I must oh, have had it, had it at least once, but... I feel bites. like you definitely you definitely had alligator in that uh, cheesecake I made for our dad for his 60th birthday, the alligator cheesecake that was like alligator and shrimp. Oh, yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. You're shrimp. right. You're right. Mm. With alligator sausage in it. Um, I remember meeting a woman when my current partner and I were not dating yet. I was going to visit him in Chicago, and I took the train because I was poor. And so it took like 18 hours. And I had never been on a train, like, alone as an adult, let alone on a longer train ride. And the woman next to me was super chatty. Uh, And one of the things that we chatted about was how she hates alligator meat. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. Alligator is so good. And then I asked her how she had it prepared. For those of you that haven't had alligator, you typically have it fried, like deep fried little bits, like chicken nuggets, basically. Or you have it in a sausage, like prepared with, like in a sausage, usually with pork or something. And um, she was like, oh, I had it boiled. I was oh. like, yeah, I mean, most meat is fucking horrible oh. if you boil it. Like that just seems like it's unfair to your perception of this food. Oof. <laughs> a friend of ours drunkenly boiled bacon, arguably the best meat that there is. And even that tasted absolutely atrocious boil. That's so gross. So, yeah. Do you guys remember that Boiling SNL? Boiling is not a good. That SNL digital short where they're talking about a country club and they're like, everyone was eating boiled goose. <laughs> uh, I want you guys to know that I have saved on my phone a text message that I got from you, Ryan, on February 3rd. This had to be four to six years ago. Oh, boy. And it just says, I'm taking a train to Queens to get alligator meat. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And it fell through. (laughs) (laughs) That was when I had just started my new job, and I took ownership of the party planning committee for our office, and I was just like, I'm going to plan the best parties. And Mardi Gras was coming up, and I was like, all right, Mm -hmm. we have to have a full Mardi Gras-themed party. Obviously, our family loves New Orleans, New Orleans cuisine, culture, everything about New Orleans. So I, we always had the same thing. Every party, people brought grocery store cookies. I'll bring the soda. I'll buy chips and dip. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, no, Mardi Gras party. I made a sign-up sheet, and I said everyone had to bring something um, authentically Mardi Gras. And I was like, you can. So the I think the most lenient I was was whoever decided to bring drinks brought like sweet tea and stuff like that. And I was like, all right, whatever. We do need drinks at the party. But to my office's credit, (laughs) everyone got on board 
and looked up like we had one guy made fried shrimp po'boys, one person made homemade remoulade sauce, somebody made crawfish etouffee. Like it was, everyone went fully on board and I was the only one that ruined my dish. <laughs> I tried to make beignets because I couldn't get alligator meat. I called so many places to try to find alligator meat, found an exotic meat dealer in Queens and called them <laughs> right after I texted you. I think I called them and was like, just confirming you guys have alligator meat. And they're like, oh, we just sold out. <laughs> so I tried to make beignets and they were crunchy on the outside, soft raw dough in the middle. <laughs> oh no, oh no. Oh no. You gotta do what I do, what I did for our dad's 60th, which was order alligator sausage from Louisiana and have it shipped to you overnight in like a cooler. Also, yeah, I remember Ryan, I was trying to save that, money. And I also, I called, there was a Cajun restaurant opening up like two blocks from our apartment. And I called the restaurant to be like, hey, you guys have alligator on the menu. Where do you get your alligator? And the head chef, they were like, well, let me try to figure out. And the head chef picked up the phone. He was like, what are you trying to make? Told him our whole backstory, like all the stuff with our family. He's like, listen, man, I really feel for you, but I can't tell you where I get our alligator. And he was like, and anyone you call isn't going to tell you because it's so hard to get up here and people guard their sources. Like it will kill them Whoa. to give it up. And he was like, so I'm so wow. sorry. He's like, if you want to come buy some dishes to bring with you, like I'll gladly work with you, but I can't tell you where we get our alligator meat. Yeah, Dang. I was going to say, Ryan, like if, the exotic meat store in Queens was like, oh, we just sold out of all our alligator. <laughs> I think it's way more likely that, like, they couldn't find a homeless person to murder or something. So, like, I think you dodged a bullet. They they were out of, they were out of sewer alligator. They were out of, um, they were out of water rat. <laughs> so, so every, every week on... Uh, yeah, seriously. I learned that from visiting Ryan in New York. <laughs> yeah, but we we found out that was just a squirrel. I'm still not 100% convinced they exist because the only one that I've seen, my wife was like, this is 100% a dead water rat. And it was disgusting. It was a dead rodent on its back on a dock. It was gross. And then literally the next day, her dad was like, no, that was a squirrel that just fell in the canal. <laughs> gross. Are you sure? I feel like it had webbed feet. It did not claws. have webbed feet. <laughs> I swear it had webbed claws. Okay, and it guys, lived in a cave scare away. and I had to get it out of the storm okay. drain. <laughs> before you scare away all of our listeners, every week on 28 Days Later, we do a segment, segment called In Ladier News. And this week, we have a piece of news for you hot off the presses. This just happened today. Mm. Um, Ava DuVernay, director of such fantastic films as Selma and When They See Us, the miniseries, and 13 on Netflix, um, is has just gotten a contract or a deal to work with NBC on a 10-part uh, non-scripted social experiment. It's going to be called Home Sweet Home. And the idea is, quote, each episode of the series will follow two families who lead very different lives for a life-changing experience. It explores what it's like to walk a mile in another person's shoes by challenging racial, religious, economic, geographic, gender, and identity assumptions as participants exchange homes for a week and experience the life of someone unlike them. Which I think could be pretty neat. Um, I hope that will that I feel like I could think of a lot of ways that that would go wrong or not work, but I think it hopefully creates the the space for some really poignant interactions. Because I don't know if you guys have had this experience, but like in the work that I do, I definitely talk to people who 
like don't care about an issue until it somehow affects them or they like have I think we're all in in some ways we are segmented a lot more from people who are different than us and I like the idea of being like okay well we're gonna sort of uh, force you to to look at this head on and maybe it won't be so easy to like discount these issues that you think are not important because they don't affect you personally um so I think that'll be pretty cool Ryan where can people find you on the internet? Oh boy. So I have a website. I run on beer.com. <clears throat> Sorry, throat's a little dry. I run on beer.com. Um, the, probably the best place to look for me is on Instagram. Instagram.com at I run on beer is my handle. Or I'm also very active on YouTube and trying to plug that channel. So please give me a subscribe. And that's just youtube.com slash I run on beer. I R U N O N B E E R. Exactly how it sounds. Stellar. And y'all should follow him whether you run or not because the content is pretty fun either way. Um, if you want to engage with us on social media, we are on Twitter at the number 28 days lady underscore ER. <laughs> You can also send us an email. We always love to hear from you guys. And that email address is 28dayslatier at gmail.com. Hannah, do you have anything you want to say to the listeners as we go off into the uh, bright future of the next week? Well, I feel like I, you know, it's never felt more right to close out this way than with our brother being here. But always pee before, wait, before sex. Excuse me. Always pee after sex. (laughs) Always pee during sex. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Mistakes were made. (laughs) Clink. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Always pee during sex. (laughs) 